Real business owners telling real stories and experiences. Welcome to the show. All right, so what's going on, everybody? Here, time for another uh, great interview. I'm here uh, with Alex over at the Garlic Knot in Oakland, Oakland Park. Park. I was gonna say, what do you? We're kind of like right Florida. on the Oakland Park, right? One of my favorite industries. You know it because you've met me a hundred times. Is I love the pizza industry. Right? told me that <laughs> I do I go to the pizza show in Vegas I took pictures you thought I was your brother we were texting back and forth right. but that's okay because um, I, I, I love the industry because of what it does how community it is how you know I mean you get home at night what do you want to do like right now somebody's cooking something I could smell it yep. I just caught the whiff right of, uh, of the of and it smells like the crust so yeah I love the pizza industry so say hi hello my name is Alex Petro, and I own the garlic knot in Fort Lauderdale we're gonna get I'm telling you if you listen to this, you're going to get very upfront and honest. That's the way that uh, he rolls. That's why we get along. Um, he tells me exactly what he's thinking, good or bad. Don't mind it. So the first thing we like to do is just tell us your story. How did you get, what did you do before the garlic knot? How did you get here? And when you started it, how's it been? Uh, okay, I'll start where, where it started from. We used to build restaurants in New York. We were in the construction business. We, we started, I built a few restaurants out. Um, we... When the market crashed in New York, we got out right before it crashed, sold all our real estate. My brother moved to Colorado, and I went to Florida. Uh, but before doing that, we, I had a mutual friend uh, named Cullum, who had a, he was a Wall Street guy that had a franchise, not a franchise, but he had, he had two pizza stores out in Colorado. My brother happened to be moving to Colorado. I introduced them, they became friends. Um, he moved out there, and when he moved there, they wanted to expand on, the, on you know, the concept. Sure. So my brother came in, revamped the look of the place and did everything, and they and they opened up. He uh, he helped build the first franchise E, which was a gentleman that worked in our kitchen. Yeah. And um, from there, my brother then opened, decided to open up a store, bought into the two originals, and then they just started opening up more. So now there's a total of I think 14 or 15 stores, most of them in Colorado. Yeah. It's the only one in Florida. So you basically you were designing restaurants. Not designing so much. We were building. We we were. Not so much designing, more more on the build outs. Okay. You know, construction. I mean, I so you got a chance to see kind of what it looked like, because you would build it. You'd have to understand a little bit about the industry to be able to build it, right? Because yeah. you could just put stuff wherever. Like I've seen, I've seen some crazy ones where front desk is here, and then all of a sudden the brick oven pizza is way in the back, and they're hustling back and forth because it was just you know poorly designed. Right. Right. Sometimes your constraint is just what your space is yeah sometimes you have no choice sometimes you know you try to design it you know our, our place was a little tri trial and error with each place that we built we built a little bit different each time to, to make it a little more efficient based on being in the kitchen and seeing how the kitchen flowed yes yeah, so i guess time. every place a little bit different so now when did you open up the garlic knot here in oakland park we opened up in 2013 okay so you've been six five years, years six uh, years yeah, six 2018 years. Two, no 2012 we started i think it was november 2012 okay and yeah, two thousand November two thousand six years. Yeah, six years. How's it going so far? We're going good. Can't complain. You know, ups and downs like any other business. You know, you go through you know the the, the pluses and the minuses. What do you love about the pizza business? Um, I like the people. I like I like you know I like the when it's busy. It's, I like the craziness that goes on. Yeah. You know, that little adrenaline rush when you get the you know you got those uh, phones are ringing and people are running in and out. Going nuts. Going nuts. So basically you enjoy the chaos. I like the chaos. <laughs> right? That, that's So the downtime is where your brain just constantly is going and things are happening. Pretty much. And relaxing. Right? Yeah. 
Um, so what's the toughest part for you in this business? You know, coming from a little bit of builder background into a restaurant space, what's the toughest part for you? Dealing with employees. <laughs> Number one thing, right? The employees that lose stuff and break stuff. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's like no one cares. You know, the only thing I find with employees is sometimes you treat them right and they'll, you know, they'll go for 50 cents more down the street or, you know, somebody go from a quarter more an hour. You know, this, that's the only, the only negative part of this business is the labor. So how do you deal with that? Like, what do you do to deal with that? Constantly training people. You're in the training business, not the pizza business. Right? So you do okay. train people. So you just shift your mentality a little bit. You understand what this does, but you train them. Yeah, well, the mistake I made the first couple of years was giving people second and third chances. Now, this first sign of problems, you start looking for somebody else. It's not going to get, most of the time, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. And it's usually because of drugs or alcohol problems or gambling. That's at least my experience from the people I've got. Well, we're in South Florida. That's what we were built on. Yep. Right? <laughs> like that's that's the way it rolled. I always tell people, you know, nobody moved to South Florida to work harder. Yeah. It didn't happen. And it's just, it's just across the board. I'm not the only one from whatever one I talk to. It's the same thing with everybody. Oh, uh, I'm telling you, number one thing I hear. All right, so other than employees, what's something that you struggle with in the business? As far as when you say struggle with, as far as things that Or I something that's a pain point, something that drives you nuts. Right? The, Other than the employees. The constant losing or breaking of equipment from the <laughs> carelessness. Okay. Just, you know, what happened to that thermometer? I don't know. Or I get, uh, this is broken. How does it break? I don't know. That's the, that's the, I don't know. It was like that when I saw, when I found it. Of course it was. So you're lost. So the, 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 the we call it, we, we'll call it the dryer effect, right? The sock and the dryer effect. How all of a sudden things just miraculously go missing. Inventory control. Right? I'm talking about no. I'm talking more hard goods that they break. <laughs> I'm talking not not even inventory doesn't disappear. I'm talking about thermometers they lost. They broke. Uh, they broke a handle on this. They. Um, they last week they broke a can opener. <laughs> a steel can opener. I don't know how it was possible. They broke it. <laughs> It's probably probably dropped it like three four times. Right. You know, and it's like it's it's a hundred dollars. It's just it's a hundred bucks. It all, but it adds up, it adds especially up. for a small business, right? Yep. It adds up real quick. They broke. They broke. I have a I have a vacuum here. They lost the. Uh, I have a, a Dyson vacuum. They lost the, the the piece, the air filter, and it doesn't work now. I got to buy another air filter. Last last time, then they broke the they broke the wand. It's unbelievable. There's probably listeners they, going, oh, that happened to me last week, too. Stuff that they lose or break. Uh, tell me a story, maybe a fascinating customer, like an interesting conversation that you had before. Um, hmm. Well, when we had the, uh, we, we've done a lot of fundraisers here. So one thing was uh, fundraisers that we had for the 100 abandoned dogs of the Everglades. Okay. We did a big fundraiser here. And um, that was good, just a lot of stuff they're doing with the dogs. You know, they, they go out and basically find abandoned dogs that people leave in the Everglades. The people just drop their dogs over the other, they let the alligators eat them. That's crazy. And they, they go out and man. they save the dogs, they find them homes. Um, it's all volunteer organizations. How did they find you? How did that um, organization find you? Because pizza's came, big, I'm big on pizza and community, man. They came in, they and they would, we do a lot of fundraisers. I guess my manager had spoke to them when they okay. came in to eat, just to eat. Yeah. And one thing led to another, and the next thing you know, we did a fundraiser. We raised, I think, like $1,500 for them that day. So, do you get hit a lot with, uh, with, fundraisers things like that are people always asking you for that because it's it's big like i know um, pizza places they always they're always asking for free stuff i don't have a problem giving um doing a fundraiser where when they promote a night mm -hmm. we give them 20 percent back on the night yeah so from any pickups dinings or deliveries 
So that's something I've been doing. Uh, you know, but again, if they don't do their, it's got to be a two-way street. I don't mind giving twenty percent back, mm-hmm. but they have to do something to print. You know, to bring people to say, hey, let, you know, come support our cause rather than just ask people for money. Yeah. Something, don't ask me for. Let, let's promote a night here. So that's one thing that that we've done that's been pretty successful. So you work, you make sure that when you're doing the fundraising or you're helping out the community, that's it's it's mutual. I just want the exposure. That's what I'm looking for. Pe- yeah. New people are coming in. I don't mind if I break even on that. I just don't want it to, you know, where it's, they're not doing anything and I'm just giving them money for doing nothing. I, I watch, not all, so, you know, I, I deal with not just pizza places, obviously, you know, car washes, dry cleaners, things like that. I always, two things that kind of drive me nuts, but it's it's a little bit about our industry, right, is, you know, you're constantly getting wailed on by salespeople. Oh, does, everybody wants to change me over for uh Processing. Oh, cr- yeah, credit card processing. Oh we God. know that. Every day. Is Everything, call. right? Marketing sales guys walking in your door, Every right? Day. They All the time. They can do that. Yeah, and everybody promising the world and then under delivering it, right? Yeah, find out. You know, and now you got now you got you know nonprofits coming at you asking for free stuff. I, you know, I enjoyed our our talk because you're just very upfront, which is what I expect. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I like that from business owners. Some salespeople they can't stand that. Some business owners can't stand it because they. They can't deal with it. I think it makes it easier. Right. So how do you approach it where you find something that could be interesting, right? How do you approach that process, either from a nonprofit or a salesperson, where it could benefit your business, but you're just not sure? Give me your, your strategic kind of, you know, mentality and thought process behind it. Um, it's kind of a, you know, you just got to look at what they're selling. I mean, if it's something like everybody's doing, I mean, I, some of these people come in, I've already done that. So I already mm-hmm. know what, I know what works, what doesn't work. It's got to be something different that I've never done before if I'm going to try it. Yeah. You know, but you know, the coupon books, I've done the coupon books. They don't work for me. Mm-hmm. They just don't. I mean, yeah. I've seen people, oh, they've got these people. I go, they just don't, I, I've done them. I've done the, uh, you know, trial and error with a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Just, uh, some of it doesn't work for me. I don't know why. It just doesn't. It's, it, it sometimes and businesses are up, different. And they'll come back at me and say, oh, but this, I go, that's great, but I've already done it. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. So I kind of cut them off pretty quickly. Um, you know, like the room keys that they, you know, put your name on the room keys. Sure. That doesn't work. Maybe some places, you know, maybe if you're in, you're in a total resort area. Yeah. I would say know, if you're in a resort area, it maybe, could work. Maybe, but not, it doesn't work here. But it's the guy, the pizza guy that's uh, greasing yeah. the front desk gauges to hand out menus that's making the money right there. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, stuff like that. I mean, if it's something different that I've never... Like new technologies coming out, I'm, inter- I'm always interested in that. Mm, yep. There's a new thing with the beacons now that they're talking about where they can send out a, um, you put a beacon in, in, in your window and it goes out a half a mile and anybody that's got a Bluetooth um, on, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll it'll show up my menu or, or my logo will show up on their phone. Do they have to have a certain app or something like that? Nope. That's it's just Bluetooth. It's just Bluetooth. It downloads. Pretty interesting. It's like twenty bucks a month. So, what interests you the most is new technology. New technology, right? New something technology. That, something that not everybody's doing, right? So you, you can know, stay. I've above. seen this already drop from ninety dollars to where the guys at twenty bucks a month. <laughs> you know, like ninety bucks a month, it just doesn't work. I mean, you just yeah. can't. Just some of this stuff is just too expensive. And they can't show you who's walking test. in. It's too expensive to test. Right? You know, does it work? I don't know. But you know, certain numbers, you know, you'll throw stuff against the wall and see if it sticks. But other th- stuff is just too expensive to test. Yeah. You know, there's just not that profit margin in our business anymore. No, it's and that's what I'm saying. It's it's going to be really like your business is extremely competitive. Well, it's changing now. Since Uber Eats has changed stuff. Mm-hmm. All these delivery services have changed. It used to be pizza and Chinese food. It's not pizza and Chinese food anymore. <laughs> yeah, everybody's everybody's delivering now. You got McDonald's delivering, so you have more choices cutting into that pie. Yeah, but all right. So I think we've had this discussion before in other times. But we're, let's have it. Is 
the delivery services. Mm -hmm. You in-house your delivery, you hire drivers, you pay the insurance, you do those, right? Mm -hmm. Uber's taking 30% and then from the business and then tacking on more of a, a delivery fee to the person. I don't think, I know that they take 30% of the order. Yeah. You know, in some places it works, my place it does not. 30% is a big piece, a big chunk of change for a lot businesses. Of places, it's it's going to be like Groupon. It's, Groupon killed a lot of places. Yeah. You know, because all they did was churning numbers. You think you're doing business, but you're not really making any profit. But then the other side of that is you're doing it in-house. So you're paying an employee, paying the taxes on it, having all those um, payments and insurance and stuff like that. And you have to deal with more employees because you have in-house delivery. But that's, well, that's pizza blade. That's, the, that's their, 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 their right on why theirs is better. Yeah. I don't agree, but, you know, 30% of an order is a lot. Yeah, because I was say, like, you know, the one thing about Uber is they only can only do one, they only do one at a time. I was a pizza some, delivery guy. I did four some, at a time. Some places, you know, some places, you know, it works for. Yeah. It just depends on, on, on the, the establishment. Because of, is it volume or is it price point? What drives that? Um, I think it's, it's labor, what it costs to assemble everything. You know, like when you go to a... Um, like a Chipotle, which is an assembly line type of stuff, mm -hmm. they can get it. They can also get it out in 15 minutes. Yeah, they never did delivery before, so it's gravy for them. Did your builder background kind of come in play? Because I know I watch the you know flipping shows on TV. Mm -hmm. um, as a builder, you had to have you know, hey, this is what everything costs. This is what it runs. Right. This is the budget for it. Things like that. Did that help you in the process of putting together everything um, and pricing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, pretty much. But again, if you if you didn't have deliveries before, and now you threw something there that it doesn't quite see if we're busy enough to have delivery drivers. Some places aren't because they only get one, two delivery. You can't keep somebody employed. Yeah, but you got to build it up. Right, but some places are not known to deliver. Yeah. People think of, they used to think uh, of Chinese and pizza. That so was it. they have two those things to overcome. Only, those are always the main things that people, but the guy next door had, had delivery drivers. It didn't work for him. Yeah. Now Uber's, Uber Eats is, is, is giving him deliveries he didn't have before. But is it, so when you deliver, right? You know, it's a major percentage of your business is delivering. Over half right? my business. So it's over half your business. You Those people that typically deliver don't come inside the restaurant and eat. Only well, occasionally. Both. They right? do some would do both. It just depends. But yeah. Sometimes if you're going to a Chipotle, right, you're conditioned to go into the restaurant and eat. Like, they're taking, do you think that they're really acquiring new customers through the delivery or are they just taking their own customers and then um, giving away that 30% to an already existing customer just because that customer wants to sit at home and eat it? Good question, don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. I couldn't answer that question. Because I'm just I like that. Just, it's just another revenue source that they didn't have before. I think that's the way they look at it. And probably Chipotle negotiated a better deal with them. Because they have better buying power. McDonald's definitely has better buying power. I'm sure than, McDonald's negotiated <laughs> You know, deal. Chicken Kitchen, a single unit place. Uh, no, they're 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 four, they're twenty twenty unit chain. Or or just a yeah. single unit spot. Yeah, yeah. they're just gonna pay. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So I'm gonna ask you this question, even though you told me not to. What's somebody? What's some advice you would give to somebody trying to go into this business? I tell you not to go into it. <laughs> Why? So just, Why? The, because the business is changing. Okay. It's more competitive now than it's ever been. Yeah. I mean, to start out now, it's. I think it's a tough business. I think there's easier ways to make money. Either you like it or you don't. I like it, so for me, it's. It, it, that's the difference. But if you're not, if you're not in the business, and you don't really know the business. Stay away from it. It's a tough business, and you got to. You, it's. 
they, they always say is one way to become a millionaire in the restaurant business. Start with two. <laughs> wow. I've never heard that. Yeah. Because most most places, you know, guys get in the business for the wrong reason. Because they want to party, they want to have a bar, they want to drink. They, they think they're going to be the big shot at the table. Yeah. Buying everybody drinks and it doesn't end up working out that way. So, I'm stubborn. I'm going to go into the business anyway. Give me some advice on things to do or not do um, to be successful. Well, I, whatever you plan on spending, put a 30% number on top of that you're always going to go over on the build out on build out on time when you think it's going to open yeah everything just plan on 30 percent more permits everything the whole the whole thing yep marketing and sure. expenses yep. labor to start it's gonna, everything you know just make sure because most places go into underfunded and that's why they fail they don't have enough money to survive the first six months six months to a year you got to be able to not make money for the first six months to a year and be okay with it and just keep writing checks well, not writing checks, but maybe not pulling a dime out. Can you afford to do that? Yeah. Can you afford to live? Can you afford to live for a year without making any money? You know. And most people don't. Most people can't. They need to stop pulling a check out right away. Why do people have this, uh, you know, mentality that they can open up and all of a sudden start making money? What do you think causes that? Because they go in, they go into like a place like Chipotle that's doing four or five million dollars and think that they're going to do the same thing. But there's Chipotle's that go out of business, I'm sure. Sure. There's, you know, I mean. Mellow Mushroom went out. It was a million dollars, you know. Yeah. Was Here in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. yeah. Went out of business. I mean, whoever thought. Because you would think that they were big numbers. You'd think that, you know, I mean, it's not, wasn't cheap to open that franchise. No. <laughs> it's probably a seven-figure number on, that, on opening that franchise. Yeah. And went out. So how do you know? You know. You just got to try it. And, and like you said, go six months to a year without. Uh... You know, they were there a while. I mean, you just got to, and you also got to just constantly looking to change yourself and adapt to what the market's going on. And the market's changing constantly. So what's a best practice for, you know, somebody, not just pizza places, restaurant. What would you say is a simple, easy to do, best practice that can help you be successful? Because there's no magic bullet. Dropping menus every week. Yeah. Sending stuff out every, whatever you do. Staying do every relevant week. out in, the, out in the community. Making sure, making sure your menus look right. Yeah. Make sure they're not outdated. Updating the look of them. Yeah. And just constantly changing. It's a, it's a... That's interesting. Just the recent podcast talking about menus, constantly we talked about evolution, always evolving the menu, always making seeing what sells, taking it or what sells, and yeah. you know highlighting that I what mean, doesn't ours, and take ours it. Stays up. the same because of what we do, but just constantly changing the look of it, how you how you structure stuff. You know that's what you got to do. You just got to yeah. be constantly on top of stuff. Yeah, looking ways to maybe use what existing on your menu and, and make other things out of it. What is something that people tend to worry about that they shouldn't like uh you know i had i had one for example i had one person on the podcast tell me they used to worry about lawsuits right and so in the beginning they had like everything laid out and they realized like they had worried way too much about lawsuits lawsuits. lawsuits are affected not wrong but it basically ran their business like they ran their business to be you know so they didn't get sued versus running their business and making sure they recovered you know what i mean so what's something that you worried about in the beginning uh, of this that you're like, eh, you know Beginning? what? I was worried yeah. about keeping the doors open. Because <laughs> yeah. when you yeah. start, you know, you're doing $500 days and it's like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Yeah. So it's just because nobody knew you were there. How'd you get through that? Just kept, just, pl- just kept plugging away. As many days I was just like, what did I do? And you just, you know, and the only reason you stay there is because you got, you got skin in the game. Yeah. And you know, you just ride it out and time, you know, time just starts to catch on little by little. So you, how, so now you've been doing it for six years, right? 
and looking back, was the headache worth it? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because yeah. you have fun. Yeah. You get to work with guys like me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always... <laughs> I mean, there's always problems. You, there's days when, you, you know, you, you want to leave the key in the door and the next person that shows up is there at the stair place. You know, because, you know, you just want to burn the place down. I mean, that's that's normal in any business. So what keeps you going? It's, um... Besides it's, skin in the game, besides the money aspect, what keeps you going in this business? You either like it or you don't. It's really what it comes down to. You yeah. Like, you like the game or you don't. Yeah. You know, either, either it's for you or it's not. Some people are not cut out to do it. Some people are. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's it's just a, a simple, simple. It's as thing. simple as that. It don't overthink it. Keep going. You just know. gotta stay in the game long enough. Eventually, if you stay in, sometimes you just make it. Sometimes you don't, but you just gotta keep doing the same things. The battle of attrition. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, people wait it out. Other places have closed around me. Yeah. You know, um, some places. You know, you just gotta put out a consistent product and a good product. That's it. Kind of, kind of, sort of simple, but a lot clean. of people keep don't get clean. it. Keep the place clean. I go in some places and they're filthy. You wonder why they got no customers. <laughs> places, you know, this place has been six years. I mean, it's spotless. Yeah. I mean, stuff looks brand new. Yeah. You no, you do. You go some places and the, and, and the place is destroyed. You know, we paint the walls. You know, we touch it up. We do stuff just to make sure the place looks right. I'm I mean, still waiting for you to put the video games in the back. Exactly. <laughs> you go in some places and it's, the place is filthy. Yeah. So, I mean, those are things that, you know, that matter. Keep so just clean, high, consistent. Standards. Nice to yep. Right? Making sure the employees hit those standards. Yep. What other, um, so what's the next evolution for the garlic knot here in Oakland Park? What are you evolving to? What are you trying to do? Don't know. <laughs> Good question. Don't have an answer for you right now. Nice. Okay. Don't have an answer for you right now. Right? Just keep going. Just keep going. Keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. I know. See, see what tomorrow goes with it. Nice. Anything you're doing, because I know that you always have a customer focus. You're always trying to sit in the booth as the customer and what would they want, mm-hmm. right? So what's something that uh, you're seeing that could possibly be in the future for the guy like that there, from the customer aspect? I guess something a little more interactive with the customer and experience of being in the restaurant. Yeah, that's something we're toying with. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I've seen some other, I, I, you know, you don't want to rush to do something just because you saw one place doing it and say, oh, this is what I got to do, and then you go somewhere. I think it's just got to, you just got to be right. You got to, you know, exact, look at stuff and then say, okay, you know what? I think that's, that's the right move for me. And then how do I implement it so that it becomes a long-term play right. versus, hey, listen, I'm just going to you know implement something, try it one time, wing it, and I'm yep. done. Right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's the experience in you. Yep. That's the experience in you. I'm telling you, I see stuff every day across a bunch of spectrums of people that will just wing it, throw stuff out there. Yep. You know, it's like in, in not care. And it doesn't work. Yep. Right? Man, I appreciate the time. I thank you very much. Not a problem. All right, brother, and uh, I'm probably going to grab a couple slices before I leave. All right, man. All right, man. All right, have a great day. Later.